Welcome ocean aficionados, oxygen users, and fans of fact-based reality and reality-based facts. I'm Mark Laren Young, director of The Hundred-Year-Old Whale, which just won the Audience Choice Award at the Friday Harbor Film Festival. In recent episodes, we've talked to and about Rob Stewart, the filmmaker and activist behind Sharkwater, the movie that let the world know you're more likely to be killed by a falling cola machine than a shark. His final movie, Sharkwater Extinction, continues Rob's quest to share the stories of the dangers facing these amazing animals. One of Rob's missions was to end the practice of finning, killing sharks, often ancient sharks, so their fins can be tossed in a soup pot. Finn Donnelly, the Canadian Member of Parliament for Port Moody Coquitlam, has been trying to get fins off the menu in Canada for five years. And now... It looks like he's finally going to succeed. I met Finn just over a year ago when we were both guests on the polar icebreaker that crossed Canada to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Confederation. It was an honor to meet someone who got into politics after swimming the Fraser River twice to raise awareness of the environmental threats facing one of Canada's most vital waterways. I called Finn at his office in Ottawa to find out the story behind a proposed law that could change the world for sharks and to learn how you and I can make sure this law passes. Scan is brought to you once a month by listeners who support us through Patreon.com. This special news update is brought to you by the Greenland Shark, a shark found in northern Canadian waters who lives over 400 years and doesn't hit puberty until it's over a century old. And now, Finn Donnelly, the federal NDP critic for fisheries, oceans, and Coast Guard, on the history and future of his quest to end Canada's involvement in finning sharks. Oh. Hi, technology is awesome. <laughs> I'm glad, right we, I'm glad we made this work. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So thanks for doing this. I'm, I'm really glad we can, we can talk about this. Yeah. So can you talk me through the bill, how this came to be and what's going on? Well, why, I can give you some history as well, Mark. Um, start off with a little bit of history. Like I had um, a bill go forward, a private member's bill in 2013, uh, so in a, in a past parliament, and uh, failed by five votes. It was very, very close. Um, that was in a conservative majority parliament. So we knew it would be a tough fight to try and get uh, the uh, importation ban passed in that government. But um, we had spent a year uh, campaigning across the country um, getting support. And there was there was tremendous support even back then. So uh, one of the um, people that caught the uh, this uh, battle or, or this uh, bill caught the attention of was Senator Mike McDonald and uh, from Nova Scotia. And he, uh, you know, he said that uh, had he known more about it at the time, he would have got more involved. However, you know, that's uh, the past. And um, fast forward to about a year ago, um, he asked if I would be interested in providing him information 
um, and that if if he was if I was okay with him going forward with this in the Senate, and I said absolutely, and uh, so he he put some work into that. Um, he looked at at uh, my bill. He looked at information that I sent him. I had a, a couple of meetings with him. I answered as you know all the questions that he he had, and then he drafted what essentially was almost identical to my bill. And uh, he was very comfortable with it. And he he put it forward and it took a while, but eventually it worked its way through the Senate the other week that it just got passed. And it is now uh, waiting to be introduced in the lower house. Now, five votes actually strikes me as pretty close. Was it a free vote? Like what? It was a free vote. It was, uh, I mean, Private members' bills are supposed to be free votes, which means not whipped votes, um, meaning the uh, the critic uh, for the particular issue, in this case, fisheries and oceans, doesn't uh, make a recommendation that um, everyone has to follow. So they each party can put out, uh, their critic can put out a recommendation which can be used as a guide for um, all members, private members, to decide if they want to support it or not. So, in you know, I in in my doing my work back in uh, 2012 and 13 before going to a vote, I approached every caucus. Um, I approached as many members in every caucus as I could. Managed to get uh, you know my obviously all of my party on board. The NDP was on board. Um, I got the Liberals on board. Um, got the Green, which is Elizabeth May. I got the Block, and and I managed to get a few independents. When when we did the math, it still wasn't enough. So we figured we need about we needed about twelve conservative members, um, and that would have uh, carried the day. I thought that I had about twenty, uh, at least twenty conservative members on board, until two days before the vote, when a backbencher stood up and said, you know, he he basically gave a message to his colleagues, you don't need to vote for this bill because we're going to fix it in government through regulation. And that's, I, I, you know, I absolutely did not want this to go through in in regulation. And that's one thing. I mean, if the government says, look, we're going to fix something through regulations, generally that's a good thing. But in this case, um, because... uh, an importation ban requires uh, CBSA officials to do a lot of work to determine if it's through regulation, they have to basically do DNA testing to ensure that um, the shark fins coming in are essentially illegal or from uh, uh, a um, threatened or endangered species. And that is so uh, onerous on our border officials and costly that um, and given that the problem is is so widespread, you know, and really this involves organized crime, um, that I wanted it to be a complete ban. So that made it very, very easy for, you know, the border officials to say, look, we just Canada does not accept uh, the importation of shark fins to Canada because by and large, we know that it's coming from uh, threatened or endangered species. So. Unfortunately, when that backbench member stood up two days before the the final vote, I knew I was in trouble, that there was going to be a number of those conservatives who would back off and follow, even though it was a free vote, 
they would follow uh, essentially what that, uh, and that was directly coming from the PMO, from the prime minister's office. And they, you know, and that was sheer politics. They just didn't want an NDP victory on this. And they know they knew that I had done enough work. I had talked to the members that when they did the math, they felt, oh boy, this uh, Donnelly's going to win this one. So that's when they put out the message. Now, we still, when it came uh, time for the vote on Wednesday, we still had three conservative members that decided to stand up and vote for the bill, which was great. So three, unfortunately, wasn't enough. If we had three more, we would have won. That's all we needed was three more conservative members to come over. That would have made a difference of six votes. I, you know, we would have carried the day and it would have gone off to committee at that point. However, it got shut down. Um, you know, when the media asked me afterwards, uh, you know, was uh, this big, they, they sort of said this is a partial victory because the government claimed they would make changes in regulations. They asked, you know, am I going to f- uh, follow up with the government on that? I said, absolutely. Um, now, that was 2013. Fast forward a year and a half after that, you know, we're, we're uh, 2015 in the summer. Uh, I still hadn't seen the government enact the, the regulation changes. And then finally, and I've been hounding them for over a year. And then finally, we get the letter uh, from the department and from CFIA saying, sorry, we're not going to uh, do the regulations. See you later. Did they, they explain why they weren't going to do it? Like, did, did, uh, no, did you ever get a really. sense of why they didn't? Uh, well, I, I knew it was it was just uh, I mean, this is the the that was the end of uh, 10 years of Stephen Harper, where they had cut so many departments that uh, they just didn't have the resources. So I knew on something where they were essentially suggesting that they were going to fix, uh, you know, this this through regulations, meaning we're going to spend more money and resources to uh, help solve this problem. I knew with a government that had been going the exact opposite way, i.e. cutting departments' budgets big time, that the likelihood of this happening was was next to nil. And in fact, that's we eventually got the the letter saying, sorry, we're not doing anything. And then, of course, we went into the 2015 election and, and things have changed. Do you have a number on how many sharks likely died as a re- in the last five years as a result of this bill being vetoed? It's a great, yeah, that's a great question, Mark. Um, and and the uh, the numbers worldwide vary depending on the science scientists uh, and the reports, but you can safely estimate, uh, you know, between fifty and seventy five million a year. Uh, so in say five years, you know, you're looking at 250 or more million sharks. Um, you could, you know, as Rob Stewart has said, he estimated uh, when he was still alive that over 100 million sharks a year were being killed, uh, some in finning and some in in just uh, the shark fishery. So, you know, it's a huge number. That was staggering for me when I learned back in 2012, I read a United Nations report on the state of the world's oceans. And this is what really got my attention was that report. And it just said top predators are in, are in major decline in our oceans. And these are the, you know, these are the, 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 um, 
balance mechanisms in the ocean that keep our our ecosystems in check. And so if you lose those top predators, which take a long time uh, to mature um, and to give birth, uh, you know, you are really affecting uh, a significant portion of, of your ecosystem or the ocean, ocean ecosystem. So that for me was why I decided, um, you know, we've got to draw some attention to what's going on in our ocean. And so thought sharks would be a, a good way to do that. Yeah, I had people have a really almost impossible time wrapping their head around the idea that Canada has sharks, the Greenland sharks that live over 400 years and don't hit sexual maturity till they're 150. I mean, that's, well, yeah. it, it's mind boggling, right? It is. Well, and these animals have been around, they pre, they predate dinosaurs. I mean, they've been around forever. And so, you know, they've been around for millions of years. And, you know, the scary thing is it could be on, on humans watch that we lose them. I mean, they are in drastic decline and that's, that's a scary thought that, uh, you know, we would lose these incredible animals that have been around for a long time on the planet. What sparked your interest in sharks? Are you, were you a shark water convert or was this reading that report? Where did this come about? It really was reading the report because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I've definitely been an ocean and freshwater uh, person all my life. And I, I mean, I, uh, I think it's so important. Watersheds are so important um, and oceans are so important in, in our daily lives and people don't always realize just how important you know the ocean is in terms of producing clean air for instance and doing so many things um you know um maintaining a healthy environment and climate and stable climate for you know to create the conditions that that humans need so it's fundamental that we have a stable ocean and you know a, and and connected freshwater system and canada is blessed with both like we have a huge amount of fresh water and we have you know the longest coastline in the world so we're an ocean nation and we're you know blessed with fresh water in our country so that's for me a basis of which you build your community and economy on and that has to be maintained in a healthy way in my opinion how did this go through the senate was there much backlash on it was it pretty well accepted Great question, because, at, you know, you fast forward from 2013 and the big battle that, that uh, it was going on really in the municipalities at that time. Uh, City of Toronto was really the bellwether for this for this issue. And what was going on at that time was, uh, you know, hey, look, we you know, there was a number of municipalities that were enacting it to the point where it got to Toronto, where they said, um, look, if if we do it here. Uh, or the argument was, if one city does it, then you could just go to the next city and you'd have uh, an unfair uh, playing field. And so what I was hearing was we need a, a level playing field, i.e., you know, national legislation. So that's where I came along and said, OK, well, why don't we propose an importation ban and that would level the playing field? Uh <laughs> It's it's funny industry did change their tune after that, but um, and and did uh, you know try to find some problems, but by and large, most 
you know, restaurateurs and others wanted to do the right thing. So they wanted uh, to see, um, you know, they only want to serve healthy products or things where they're not damaging the ecosystem or, or ideally or um, damaging, you know, having serving uh, endangered species, for instance. So, you know, the, by and large, we had a huge amount of support, but, you know, unfortunately, um, there, there are other trade issues uh, that are associated with this in Canada. So fast forward from that point to now, and uh, Senator McDonald has a really different context. Um, all the work that Rob Stewart has done and many others to raise the, the issue around the world and in Canada has made a lot of people go, okay, I get it. We need to stop doing this. So, you know, Senator McDonald had a fairly, like he had to work hard to get it through the Senate. That's for sure. There was, you know, it wasn't without um, issue or controversy or pushback, but it was, I will say, pretty small. And um, given, you know, what I uh, fared at the time five years ago, um, and given the, the amendments they got that actually strengthened the bill. So they not only um, are included in this bill as importation of shark fin, but they added and exportation. So it just, it slightly uh, strengthened the bill in my opinion. And so it's, it's uh, it got through as far as I know, it was unanimous. I'd have to double check to make sure, but I believe um, it was a unanimous support in the Senate, which is a good sign. Um, and one other thing that's important to, to note, Mark, is, you know, I told the story of uh, 2013 and, and losing that vote. There was another time where this uh, bill came forward. And that was in 2016, when um, uh, after the new parliament in 2015, the, the liberals came in. Um, there was a, 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 a young new lawyer uh, that had just been elected as an MP, Nathaniel Erskine Smith, and he was... Uh, very keen on uh, this bill, but on, I will say, unfortunately, he bundled it with two other uh, um, bills, I'll call them animal welfare bills, and I encouraged him not to do that, but, you know, I mean, he was pretty anxious and he wanted to, you know, make change quickly, and sometimes that comes at a cost, and uh, from my understanding, the, the bill was uh, bundled with uh, two other things that um, one of the uh, bills that was, was involved was the controversial one, which was criminal code amendments. And the other one, um, a dog and cat fur bill, along with mine, were not controversial necessarily. In other words, they probably would have passed had they been separated. However, you can't separate it once you've, you know, gone past a certain point, which Nathaniel did. So that was the, really the second opportunity to vote on this bill. And it, it went down to defeat. Unfortunately, it was actually members of his own party that, that voted it down. So now Senator McDonald's is the third attempt and it's got right now, it's got through the Senate. Um, and I believe it will be sponsored by a conservative member. I understand it will be Bob Zimmer that uh, brings that forward as a sponsor, sponsors that, um, and then it will be uh, debated and voted on, my guess is early next year or sometime next year, probably February.
Wow. Now, what is necessary to give you or give this bill the political capital it needs to make sure that it doesn't get bumped again? Is there anything listeners can do to support this? Like I saw an Oceana petition and I was wondering, should I be, should I steer everyone to the Oceana petition? Like what, what's going to help out? Yes. For now, I think that's a really good thing that people can lend their name to and their voice uh, to, to this issue by signing the Oceana petition. Um, That is uh, definitely something that um, you could do right now while we, uh, while it goes through the process. Um, what I also encourage your listeners to do is contact your local MP. Let him or her know how important this issue is and encourage them to either read up on it. You can also send the office uh, some information about it if people have that. Um, sometimes it's just a, a link to a website um, and send or send material. But essentially, you want to find out what the position of the MP is. So you'd want to encourage them to support uh, the bill when it does come through. And, and then as, as we get closer uh, to the date, um, you know, we'll have first hour of debate um, fairly soon, I would say before Christmas, and then we'll have the second hour of debate uh, in the new year. And, uh, and, and Parliament resumes at the end of January. So that's why I'm thinking sometime in, in February is, is when we'll have the second hour of debate and then uh, days later, it'll go to a vote. So, you know, we need um, folks to build that um, pressure on members right across the country, uh, you know, members of parliament, and let them know how important this issue is. Because this is the, the third time, and we're lucky, in fact, that, that we have this opportunity, uh, given in five years, that's unusual to have this many opportunities to vote on this same thing. So this is our opportunity to make it happen. I think the politics of it right now are very interesting because you've got uh, an NDP, uh, you know, sponsored bill in the beginning, which has now uh, gone to the conservative uh, Senate member who has got it, successfully got it through the Senate and has now got it down to the conservative caucus who will be supporting that. Um, as I say, the NDP caucus, I'm going to encourage our members to support it. My understanding is that they, there's uh, quite a bit of support, if not full support, from the Conservative caucus. I know um, the Greens, Elizabeth May, will support it. I know there's a number of Liberals who will support it. Um, and so the question is going to be, will enough Liberals support it? And now that they're in government... Uh, they supported it in opposition. Uh, now that they're in government, they're they're in a very good position to make this happen. But you know, again, it's uh, politics are a funny thing, um, especially when you've got uh, the, con- the the opposition coming together uh, and and putting pressure on the government to to support this. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, it's not many times in in uh, you know history or politics do you get. Uh, the NDP and the Conservatives coming together over some uh, over a proposed legislation, and and uh, you know pushing the government to consider uh, enacting this bill. So it's it's going to be fun to watch, and definitely um, come the new year, it's that's the time to really put a lot of pressure on the Liberals to 
uh, support this bill. And is anyone pushing back right now, or like is anybody vocally opposing it? Not really. I I, I haven't. Uh, I think because it's uh, you know I mean it it hasn't even been introduced yet in the lower house. So um, I am not aware of anyone mobilizing against it, but. Um, it will be something to monitor, something to watch, and you know, obviously, something to gauge uh, once once we know um, once you know once we know the timeline. So, you know, I, I suspect it could be as early as next week that it could be introduced, and then the process starts. So, that's uh, at that point, it might get a little bit of media and uh, attention, and then as you know, as certainly as we get closer to the actual vote, um, that's when it'll get a lot of attention or a lot more attention anyways. And we'll see what kind of uh, a lobby a- a- against this uh, proposed legislation that there could be. And just to give people a sense of the scope of what we're dealing with, where does Canada rank in terms of importers, exporters of shark fins? We're surprisingly high. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and one of the uh, negative uh, effects of proposing my legislation is um, there was a number of uh, importers fearful that this ban would come in. So they basically stockpiled. They started to order more uh, shark fins. So, um, you know, over the years, they, they have uh, gone. Uh, importation has actually gone up um, in the last year or so. Um, and I'm not, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd have to get them, but I believe that they've leveled off, but um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on what the latest numbers are, but it's surprising that um, we do order or we do import a fair amount of shark fin to Canada. And it's, it's just, uh, you know, we don't need uh you know, shark fin does not add anything to, I mean, it's mainly for the ingredient in soup um, and it's really a status symbol. And it really is um, a certain, uh, I, I mean, even uh, the younger generation of Chinese Canadians are very aware of the issue and they don't want to be associated with anything that is endangering the ocean or endangering the planet. So, there's a distancing of that. And I work closely with many Chinese Canadians on this issue because it was a conservation issue. And um, so, you know, we, I think the awareness is uh, heightened uh, over the last number of years. And um, there's a real different uh, attitude now to supporting uh, an importation ban. It's the right thing to do. Um, It's the, one of the best ways that we're going to actually have an impact on lowering uh, demand for endangered species like sharks. And once Canada um, does does it, it can uh, put some pressure on the United States and then the EU. So it's, you know, and, and then, you know, Asia and other countries. So, you know, if we're able to say in our own backyard that we've stopped the importation of shark fin, it gets easier to then say to other countries, you need to do the right thing as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I appreciate your uh, interest in this uh, topic and issue. And it's, uh, you know, I know um, whales are an important uh, focal point uh, for you. And, and uh, you know, sharks are, are uh, very, very similar and uh, play a, a key role in our ocean. So 
Um, and, you know, just out of interest, I have, uh, I, I was bestowed a name of, of, of Iem Yoyos, which is a killer whale. So a strong swimmer in the animal world. So I, I got that name from the uh, given to me by the elders, uh, the Squamish Nation elders back in 1997 for my work on uh, salmon in the Fraser River. So I've definitely always been involved with uh, with salmon and whales and the ocean. And so I think doing work on, on uh, sharks is, um, you know, just an outcome of that focus and that interest of uh, being a West Coast uh, person. Oh, when we're in the same place, I want to sit down and do a, a longer interview with you where we talk about your involvement with the Fraser, the salmon, and everything else. So that would be really exciting. That would be great, Mark. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Mark. All the best. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the Scanna podcast. That petition we talk about? The one you should be signing right now to help make sure this bill passes is available through our new Scanna magazine at medium.com, our show notes, and at oceana.ca. If you like the show, I'm Mark Laren Young. This is Scanna, and thank you so much for consistently making us one of the top-rated podcasts in the iTunes Natural Sciences category. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes with Jason Colby talking about his essential book, Orcas, how we came to know and love the ocean's greatest predator, Peter Voloban, author of The Inner Life of Animals, and Julia Barnes, the teenage director of Sea of Life. And if you'd like to help us post these episodes and create transcripts and dig deeper into news stories like this shark finning bill, please be sure to join our pod at patreon.com. If this didn't work for you, This is Canadian True Crime, and I'm Christy Lee. You know, I'm only half kidding with that one, because what we do to sharks, that is a Canadian true crime. Scanna is produced by our pod's matriarch, Rain Benew, with the assistance of M.S. Lake, Chantelle Heward, Clarita Ritchie, and Josie Liecti. And now, a word from Moby Doll, the star of my book, The Killer Whale Who Changed the World.